0: It's recording.
1: Thank you. This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda and, and recently his book on Yogananda, uh, our podcast, Spirit Matters Talk, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guests today, Deva Pramal and Mittan. Uh, they are uh, kirtan singers, spiritual seekers, teachers. Uh, they've been featured in top media, including the Wall Street Journal, the Los Angeles Times, and the Huffington Post. Endorsed by celebrities as varied as Cher, Tony Robbins, and the Dalai Lama, uh, and they've also their music has been included in mu- in 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 movies, and uh, I just want to say that uh, last night I listened to the Gayatri Mantra by them, and I was uh, absolutely blown away, and uh, I've heard it many times, uh, but their version was just uh, not to be missed. So please, please uh, go and. Uh, uh, on YouTube wherever and listen to that and we'll also make it uh, very uh, clear where you can go and get uh, their music so Phil
2: yes sir welcome both of you um, thanks for being with us um, perhaps we can begin for people um, who are not as familiar with you as your huge uh, fan base uh, tell us a little bit about your own spiritual backgrounds, how you came to uh, the sacred music that you've been performing all these years, and uh, you know,
3: what, the, what the origin story is. It all began uh, 29 years ago, when we first met. Um,
0: it even began, I mean, actually it began even earlier. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it unfolded in a more beautiful way 29 years ago when we met. But for me, the, the spiritual journey started when I, really when I was conceived, I think, because my parents, my especially my father, was so into Sanskrit mantra that he um, made that part of the... Uh, the welcome to me while my mom was pregnant with me and he he uh, they chanted the Gayatri Mantra to me during the pregnancy and and so basically from day one or day zero I I've been at least in touch with mantra and meditation although of course in the in those days I didn't know what it was and didn't know what it meant and where it came from had no knowledge but I must have must have been a seed because i i found my own spiritual uh, guru when i was 11 years old and became a disciple of his um this this osho and he gave me the name deva pramal and uh, then met me 10 in, in india ashram. in india 10 years later uh, 20 years old
3: in the ashram.
0: In, india, the ashram in pune yes and we got together and uh and now let me take over because that's where we live And then it's a
3: yeah. I mean, the music basically, the mantras uh, are scientifically, uh, uh, scientifically discovered sound bites, let's say. And uh, the music that we play and and the mantras, the way that uh, they've supported us has uh, been it's been amazing over the years. And uh, as I say, they were. Deva was born to them, so they're in her blood. When she chants them, it's uh, for me as a musician, it's just amazing because right. something so strong, so clear and an easy way to support that because there's, oh. no, it's not a ego, it's not a kind of music that you're playing to excite anybody or to prove anything. There's no ambition involved. It's, It's not about entertainment, it's more Life and death, actually, for me and <laughs>
2: yeah, right. well, uh, let me follow. Can I follow go up ahead. on that? The ten, as as I recall, you you started out uh, a musician in the the uh, British rock scene of uh, of our youth, <laughs> and uh, found and you were, you, the two of you met at the Pune ashram. Of Osho, who at that time was known as Bhagavan Sri Rajneesh. Um, were you, did you come together in the musical context? Or was Deva chanting and you were playing uh,
3: musical accompaniment? Is that how it began? That would have been a nice, a nice star is born moment, but it actually didn 't happen like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> david i was I was coordinating the meditation music in the ashram and uh, which is a great honor because we would be playing when uh, the master came came to speak and uh, and so it was it was an amazing time for me as a musician to to see what music can actually do and and what it 's for and what it isn 't for and i, I what I was doing up until that point was playing music for the wrong reasons really. And so I was, I was really settled in, in this, um, part of my life in the ashram. I was living in India, playing with the music, bringing the musicians in, being responsible. And I met this young, beautiful young German girl. She was 20 years old at the time. And, uh, she was um, studying bodywork, she was studying shiatsu, she was studying massage, cranial sacral, and reflexology, and uh, she's a healer, you know, with her hands, and uh, that's how we met, she gave me a session, a shiatsu session, she wasn't singing, uh, it took a while for her to, uh, to, to she was a musician, she just didn't know it, she, uh, her parents were musicians. And uh, I
0: still don't know it.
3: that's another another subject
1: (laughs) Uh, if I could ask uh, uh, both of you uh, two questions one is um, uh, different groups like the Hare Krishna even the TM group uh, they talk about uh, either meditation as in the case of the TM group can influence the environment can stop war can stop crime the Hare Krishna uh, certainly believe their chanting has a very purifying effect on the atmosphere uh, the 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 mantras that you sing, the mantras that you chant. Uh, do you think uh, the influence goes beyond the effect it has uh, uh, on you as performers chanting, and the people directly in the audience? Do you think that it has a, a, a very significant impact uh, on the world at lar- large? And uh, and if so, does the quality of the singer, uh, the the purity of your nervous system, or the evolution of your nervous system uh, 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 influence the, uh, the effect of those uh, mantras that are sung or chanted?
3: Well, let's take it one question at a time. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing about mantras and, and for us is that we've, we haven't just, um, you know, it's not a concept for us. We've, when we started playing these mantras, It was, it was, it was to help each other to connect with what we felt was the source, which was our divine light. You know, that's where the mantras live there. So, so we, we, we just watched as more and more people came. We didn't really. uh, We were just singing in meditation rooms and yoga studios. We, we weren't really looking. It wasn't about making a career move. You know, you wouldn't make a career move. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we weren't looking at it from that, from that angle. But what we have seen, to answer your question, is it might not be like uh, on a huge scale, but we've, we now play to, for instance, 6,000 people every year in Moscow who come to chant with yeah. us. You know, wow. so it's making we we it's it, it on that level it's making a difference. You know, you said like beyond,
0: well, it no, but it it's,
3: it's what
0: he it was. The question was whether it's beyond the people that are
3: there. Well, <laughs> it, yeah, but it was beyond the people that are there. And now they're here. That, <laughs> <laughs> it, that's what's happening when we first went. You know, so I'm saying we started in yoga studios. Now we're playing to two thousand people at least every night and on these tours. And we just did a, a um, in January the 1st, for a week, we did a, a live Facebook chanting the Gayatri. We just told everybody we're going to chant the Gayatri live for one week to welcome in 2019, 100,000 people joined us. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
1: but let, let me just follow up on the question. That is, uh, let's say it's 5,000 or 6,000 or, or 100,000 that are chanting the Gayatri mantra with you. Do you think that if you're doing that in a certain location next to a city, it will influence the behavior of the people in that city uh, who are not chanting it? Will, them, will it bring them closer to that divine light? Uh, will it prevent them from doing bad things like committing crimes and whatnot? Or is it more about its influence on the people chanting and the people chanting alone?
0: the The intention is that it will will affect affect the field around and mm. the, but the source or the focus is on ourselves because that's all we can it's all we right control over or that's you know that's 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 all we know and the rest is uh definitely an intention and i'd like to think so i don't haven't made any measurements i think there are some you know studies where actually people meditated and you know, saw the crime rate going down, but we've never done any of this in the, in the
2: study. Since we've raised the uh, subject of the Gayatri mantra already, um, I don't know how many millions of people have heard your original recording of the Gayatri mantra on uh, Essence, I think was the name of the CD. And it's it it's, it shows up a lot of the places I've, been to over the years, um, perhaps you can tell the audience what the Gayatri mantra is and its significance. I don't mean what the Sanskrit is. I mean its significance and its origins and why it's so uh, uh, important, in the, uh, especially in India. And also, um, if you would, I have heard many versions of the Gayatri mantra. If you could speak to how you decide the uh, rhythm to use and the melody to to uh, chant it with, because there's great
0: variation. Yes, yeah, and I mean, there's so many variations in the translation. We find, so, mm. you know, many people there are translations, because that's the beauty of Sanskrit that it's not translatable. So any translation is just going to be. Uh, some way to come close to what it means the, the main, the power of the Gayatri Mantra is that it came into existence with the beginning of the universe, that's what's written in the Vedas, that's the, that's the, the that makes this mantra so unique because you know there were the Vedas and there was the Gayatri Mantra separate alone, Like there's this prayer, or this, this key, this password for the to connect with the divine light and that's really what the Gaya Mantra invokes is the, the the power of light of the sun the inner you know enlightenment that leads to enlightenment of all beings on the planet and that's also what makes it so universal that we all can tune into the light we all have a feeling for the light or you know the light is is beyond concepts and beyond beliefs and you know, I think you know pretty much from every religious or spiritual path, the light is a good force. You know, there's we don't need to twist our heads around an elephant god or a, a monkey god if that's difficult for us Western people. But we all feel strongly connected with a with a light, and this is what it says. It says uh, we meditate upon this beautiful adorable enchanting source of all things and this divine light of pure consciousness awakens us and it inspires us and it gives us energy that's the that's the basic translation
3: I think the thing to know also Phil is that you know we take these mantras we take them into San Quentin places like this you know Mm. and uh, it's important for us to share them on that level because then you get a feeling of uh what what magic uh is is somehow uh in them you know it's just you you just uh you just have these experiences and and from people who write to us and say they've had their kids born to the the Gayatri Mantra or they're you know they played the Gayatri Mantra for their loved one who was passing on so you know, it's a, it's a, it's it's bigger than than us, and and uh, it's bigger than anything we know. We, like David said, we you have a certain explanation, but the only way to really experience it is to chant it. You know, beyond that, you're just going to be a tourist, and uh, it's it's a it's it's a, it's, a, it's a real energetic sound formula. You know, and uh, once you get into it on that level. It's, it becomes it becomes very uh, essential in in life. But that's why Deva and I can travel around the world every year. It's, be, it's just because we we are propelled almost flying around on the wings of the Gaia tree. Because it just feels like this is the most uh, this is the best way we can help. And the best way we can participate in it. You know, so can I
2: follow up, Dennis? Great. It's funny you should say on the wings of it because your, your upcoming tour, we should say, is uh in May of 19 of 2019 is called On the Wings of Mantra Tour. Um, with respect to the Gayatri Mantra, your new uh CD, as far as I think it's your latest, the, the, the one titled Deva, yeah. it has on it um something that you're calling the Seven Chakra. Gayatri Mantra, which you, it, the melody and tonality of it is different from the, the one I was familiar with that you did of several years ago. Uh, what, it, what do you mean by Seven Chakra Gayatri Mantra, and how is it different?
0: Yeah, it's uh, called also the, called the long form of the Gayatri Mantra. Ah, I Didn't want to use that, that word. It just sounded so, so uh, boring. <laughs> <laughs> really seven chakras, that's what it is it invokes all the seven chakras it goes um you know and in, invokes every chakra with the om and then the and then the sound so om BU for the first chakra om BUVAHA for the second chakra om SWAHA for the third chakra om maha for the heart chakra om janaha for the throat chakra om tapaha for the third eye chakra an om satyam for the seventh chakra. And then it goes to the om And I've been wanting to chant and actually find a melody for it for a long, long time. And it just it seems like we had to wait this long. And it came and feels right. And uh and so it's it's it could uh it was born like this.
2: So you're saying that there is a, a, a traditionally a longer form Gayatri mantra and a shorter form?
0: Yes, and there's you know there's different schools of which one is the one or ah. the short one is definitely the most chanted one. But then people who um, who are maybe go deeper into it, they say you know the long form is more wholesome because it does addre- address all the seven chakras. So I, 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 I um, personally I enjoy chatting either one, so I, I don't I, I'm happy I don't have to decide which one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, thank you for that.
1: Right, I, I both of you uh, studied uh, with Ocho, were at his ashram. Uh, how influential was his teachings uh, on your on your music? And, and also, I wanted to just uh, follow that by saying uh, there's been an upsurge of interest in Ocho. There was a documentary out recently. And I think uh, it's been very beneficial for uh, his movement. Uh, uh, there seems to be a lot of confusion uh, about what he stood for. A- and uh, I-, I wanted you to reflect on that as well. So it's influence on your music and any, any, uh, anything you'd like to say about uh, his teachings and their influence and, and uh, 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 profundity in, in the world.
3: How long have we got?
1: Uh, <laughs> you got some time, now. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Osho was a wild card. You know, he sure was. was.
1: Yep, yep, yep. he
3: wasn't your kind of. He, you know, I often wished I had a respectable guru. One that uh, <laughs> you know, I, I ended up with Osho, and uh, he was a wild card. He was not uh, scared to face uh, such traditional taboos as sexuality, you know, so mm-hmm. he was really into not separating the men and the women in the ashram. He was more interested in what happens if we bring you guys together and deal with your basic survival urge, your sexual energy, your basic first chakra, what ha- mm-hmm. what about if we address that rather than uh, pretending it's not there, and see if we can raise it to higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. Sex to super consciousness. That was one of his beautiful uh, discourses, which was made into a book. He never wrote anything. He was, he just, uh, he just was transcribed, you know, from, from his talks. So, um, yeah, so he, he informs every note, every silence in between the note, because without him, he wouldn't have had a concept or an understanding of the power of music. His ashram was full of music, you know, all the meditations, music, all the meditations, music, different different kinds of music. But he was working with all us Westerners. So he was really trying to help us to go beyond our busy minds that had been fed with so much stuff in our Western schools. And uh, so he was trying to help us into into uh, uh, a higher state, and the music, well, the music was amazing, because it was first time, and I was, i had been a musician for years, that was my work, but when I came to the ashram and saw real music being played, and I don't mean refined music, I mean wild music, and music that... Uh, that was free of fear and was joyful and uh, was there for no other reason. There was no money involved. There was no ambition. There was no, there was nothing like that. So it was like pure music and it took me a year or two to dare to play it. Even though I'd been a professional musician, I I, I didn't tell anyone I was a musician. I just wanted to chop the carrots and wash the rice, you know, (laughs) It was my plan there. I just wanted to heal, and uh, I just wanted to find something uh, of a of of uh, truth or, or or a flow. I needed a flow, you know. I wanted a flow, and Osho was definitely that. And in in a way, when you talk about uh, you know all all the stuff in the movie that uh, that happened, and I was there, by the way, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, you know, it it's so beyond beyond something you can you can uh, explain. You know, because it's it's when you the relationship between a master and a disciple is just off the charts. You can't explain it if you've never experienced it because it it just looks so weird, you know. And uh, but it's true and it's real and uh, it's uh, it's a seduction because the master's always seducing you into a little bit more of yourself a little bit further step into the unknown and that's what he liked to do and the whole thing in that movie was that
2: can you say a little bit more about that because i know people have seen it and you know it's it's a huge topic of conversation in certain circles what actually went on was the movie accurate Uh, How much did Osho know about what was going on? Since you were there, perhaps you could you reflect a little bit more about it?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, I I don't know and I don't really care whether Osho knew what was going Mm -hmm. on. But, you know, I think that it was, you know, the thing was that on that one dimension is that you think you're building a city and you think you're, you 're working to reclaim the land and you, you 've got all these great ideas and these great concepts and this power the, the money was coming in from disciples, so we were really feeling like we were doing some good and um, when it was all destroyed it was uh, it was incredible because it was it, it, it was we realized or some of us it was nothing to do with building the city it was all about. What the experience that it uh-huh. and he knew that as a master. It's like the guru, like the Gurdjieff, you know, uh, the Gurdjieff kind of techniques. When he would get people to dig a hole in a in a field, and and they spend days and days sweating over this hole in the field, and he looks and he makes the the measurements, and then when they've done it after so so. So many days, he tells them "That's great. Now you can fill it up, put it back." And in a way, it was a bit like that, you know, like the uh, Tibetan mandalas. You create something beautiful, and then you just wipe it away. And in a way, that's how it was. We we thought we were building a city, but actually, what we were doing is we were finding out who
0: we really were. And we needed uh, this kind of humbling experience uh, at that point because we had we were very you know, like every group becomes quite insular and quite uh, a certain arrogance, you know, like we got it or we you know we and and somehow the it was a humbling experience in in the eyes of the world and in, in our own eyes, and it's like coming you know like just seeing ourselves in a different way and uh, and moving on and letting go and uh, you know also I, Mitenov always says, and I think that's such a good analogy like we were i was there sometimes as a visitor which had lived there we didn't know what was going on and uh, it was a bit like but we also saw that sheila was over the top and was definitely not in the way we liked to be represented it was a bit like trump now you know like you 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 somebody you just have no choice really (laughs) and
3: she was our trump
0: uh, But we all have a good, beautiful, everybody here still lives a beautiful yeah. life, you know, but you don't feel so good with it. Uh-huh. That's, that's, that was the feeling.
3: It was a feeling like I, that.
1: I, I, I wanted to ask uh, you, uh, I think somebody, I read that you were like modern day nomad, and I read your schedule, you travel all over. Is there any uh, place you haven't gone or anything you haven't done with <laughs> that you'd like to do in the future?
0: I mean, we haven't been to China yet, so I, but I don't know, it's not really being, they're not really planning. I um, know, uh, so we, we are very fulfilled. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
2: Well, I hope you get to do an outdoor concert in Tiananmen Square.
0: Okay, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> um,
2: I, I have a question about the, the music. Um, the chanting of mantras, uh, traditionally there's kind of two ways you you hear them. One is, uh, people singing and audience listening and taking it in. And the other is the sort of call and response that we associate with, with Kirtan. Um, do you do both? Because when I've seen you in concert, you you seem to do more of singing uh, than call and response, but I, I assume you do both. Is that right?
0: No, we really our our thing is really that we're all in it together we there is nobody to call and nobody to respond <laughs> We're just <laughs> okay all sing wow
2: <laughs> so when you when you're singing deva um people are uh, invited to to chant uh, along with you yes. as opposed to call and response
0: yes and we also we project the Lyrics behind us on the stage, so people can see and, and follow very easily. It's really an invitation to be together and in a communal way. That way, that's just what what feels natural to us. I think it's also because we are not we are not traditional, you know, Kirtanes Kirtan. Right. Uh, so that's just what came came naturally. Comes naturally to us.
2: Uh, can I ask another question about that, Dennis?
1: Go no. yes.
2: Um, When you uh, decide on adding something to your repertoire or to record something, uh, does it start with, oh, there's this traditional mantra, and we should use that. And is it then a matter of putting uh, the music together, the instrumentation, the melody, the rhythm, and so forth? Is that how it works, and is that your division of labor, sort of?
3: Basically, yeah. You have to approach it with great respect, you know, because you're not you're not involving yourself with a a lyric. This is mm-hmm. this is something beyond lyrics. It's beyond it's beyond uh, let's say emotional content. You know, you're beyond it. So and you're in another realm. So it's re- in, in a way, I I I don't like a lot of the way I hear that people put music to mantras. To be honest with you, it, it doesn't really it doesn't suit me, although that's what Deva and I do. It's just, uh, it's just, I, I love the authenticity of Deva's voice and the fact that it's in her blood and, uh, and then the, the music can, can, uh, you know, in, in a way it begins with Deva because Deva will come with the mantra that she wants to chant, not use. We don't, we can't use,
1: things, you know?
3: but, uh, but the one that she wants to chant, and then we'll look for a groove, we'll look for a rhythm first, we'll look for a, a, a meter, you know, and and, uh, and we just take it bit by bit and see see if it wants to respond because the mantras are like, you know, it's like rubbing the the uh, genie lamp, you know, and the, and the mantra appears and then you just hold on, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> it just takes you wherever it wants. To be. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I, I want to, for our listeners, uh, where does one go to find out more? What give us your website, and we'll post all this up, and also uh, where they can get uh, recordings of your music, uh, and anything else you have coming up you'd like to share with our listeners. Okay,
3: okay. So look, our, our website—the the easiest way to get to our website is uh, is here. It's DPM, which stands for Deva Pramal Miten dpm at dpm.life.
0: No, no, no. No, that's our email address. Oh, <laughs> that's our email address. No. So, <laughs> so our, our website is dpm.life. Oh, and, uh, with an, an F. F.
3: Yeah, life.
0: That's a short version of pretend which also works, but then people have to spell all this. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, you find our music everywhere. We find it on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, on our website, it's it just Google our names, and you will you will find. Deva yeah, U- good
3: YouTube channel too, yeah. with some nice yeah. uh, nice videos and music on the YouTube.
0: And the most, the most precious for us is really the live gatherings because that's so unique and so you know it's just this, it's the best. So we are always touring every year in America and in Europe, and our American tour is coming up uh, starting on the second of May. And it's mainly on the West Coast, uh, including also Boulder and Sedona and Scottsdale, and all the way up to Canada, Vancouver, Victoria, and all along the West Coast. Oh, and we have a beautiful new um, offering in America this year, which is going to be in Mill Valley on the 17th to 19th of May, which is a whole weekend of um, chanting and mantra. It's called the Gayatri Festival. Where is that? It's in Mill Valley. Mm -hmm. in, in In Mill Valley. Wonderful. And yeah, that's going to be so nice. That's so beautiful. 200 people, you know, just uh, coming together for just to immerse themselves so into the singing, chanting, circle dances, harmonies. It's just really precious.
2: And and we should say we're recording this um, on uh, April uh, 19th of 2019. So if you're listening to it in our archive, uh, in 2020 you missed this tour
1: but uh website you, will be the same and you can find
2: it <laughs> right you'll find the information on the website but if you're listening now uh the tour is coming up in may of 2019 and when will you be in uh la and, and when in san francisco mm-hmm.
0: that's a good question i know yeah on the 9th of may we'll be in la at the wilshire ebay and on the 10th of may in san Rafael. But we're going to be in San Jose and Santa Cruz. And, uh, you know, so we're going to be in many Santa Barbara, many places in between.
2: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and uh, for giving us all this beautiful music that has uh, uplifted so many souls. Any last uh, words for our listeners?
0: Om Shanti Om. (laughs) <laughs> That's universal peace let's make that part of our lives Om Shanti Om
2: very good, thank you so much
3: thank you
0: thank you nice both to of you bye you. guys, bye guys. Namaste.
3: Namaste. Namaste
2: Phil? yes are they still with us? did we stop recording?
1: everybody's here, great Everybody, I'm yeah. so used to starting and stuff. that was great and uh, I think uh
2: we stop recording, right?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, thanks. Good. <laughs> we usually